We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine people. And we are coming at you after the 49ers have officially held their end of the year press conference with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. And most of that press conference, which is available online on YouTube for all of your your viewing pleasure, most of that press conference was pretty by the book. Now, it was really long. I think it was over 45 minutes, which is cool for, for John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan to, to open it up that long. Usually, you know, for a press conference with those two, it's usually wrapping up around 20, 25 minutes. But 45 minutes is a good amount. And so that was cool of them to really open it up for the media. Um, it was through Zoom, you know, per usual for nowadays. Um, we can't actually be in the, you know, in the auditorium asking the questions. But, it, you know, the, my point being is there wasn't a whole lot to take from the press conference. There was a couple little things here and there that we're going to get into. You know, probably the funniest thing right off the bat was John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan acting like, well, it was, you know, we can't we haven't made a decision on Jimmy Garoppolo just yet. You know, we have to see how things play out, which technically is true they can't say that they've made a decision or if things are finalized until Jimmy Garoppolo is traded to another team it's kind of like the finality of their job like you know nothing's done until it's done but at the same time they acted kind of like they hadn't even decided if Jimmy Garoppolo would be traded yet and then a little bit later Jimmy Garoppolo comes up to the media and it was 100% clear that the two sides, Jimmy Garoppolo, his camp, and John Lynch in the 49ers front office, along with Kyle Shanahan. I just pronounced Shanahan in the weirdest way I ever have. Kyle Shanahan? Shanahan. Shanahan? Like, what? where did that even come from? I didn't even know my, my voice was capable of saying Shanahan in that manner. You knew the two sides had already talked about 
trade like you knew that but then they acted like they hadn't and then jimmy garofalo came out and was like no no we have and we've talked about destinations and making sure everybody's happy and so that was kind of a funny dynamic it was not necessarily intentional but jimmy garofalo essentially calling john lynch and kyle shanahan out on their bullshit just a few minutes later after they were sitting on the same seats so uh, that was funny but for the most part you know, pretty everything that, that they said and that we kind of expected, you know, it was pretty by the book. It wasn't anything that really made headlines, nothing that kind of instantly had to be spoken about. Uh, you know, I kind of just listened to it. Normally, I will tweet their answers if I feel like they're they're noteworthy. And for the most part, it was it was kind of by the book. It was what you've expected to hear. Um, I guess another little interesting thing was a rumor that John Lynch may go back to TV, which kind of spurred a longer answer and more detailed answer from John Lynch than I would have expected. If if there was no validity to that, you'd think he would have just said, no, I'm not going back to TV. I'm the GM of the 49ers. But he kind of gave a long, drawn-out answer about his commitment to the team and stuff like that. So it seemed a little weird, but I could have been reading way too into it. And, you know, it's John Lynch. Now, at the same time, for the second year in a row, Adam Peters, who's basically John Lynch's right-hand man, has gotten a lot of interest in NFL GM jobs and has been has gone in for second interviews. I don't know if he's ever been in for a third, but usually that's the one where they hire you. So it wouldn't surprise me if John Lynch moved on to a different title. It would surprise me if he went back to TV, because that would mean he would essentially be leaving behind his his relationship with the 49ers in favor of television again. And that would leave the door open for Adam Peters to become the official GM. But that, that seems like it's going too far. Again, it was just rumor that John Lynch dismissed, so I feel like I'm already giving it too much credence. So... Moving on, one of the really, the, the really, really cool thing about the John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan press conference came at the end of the press conference when literally John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan were about to stand up. They were in the process of standing up, and Kyle Shanahan sat back down, and he's like, wait, I forgot to mention this. I, I, I wanted to mention this earlier, but I forgot. And he basically just talked for a few minutes on how imp- impressed he was with the 49ers fans for dominating and taking over the L.A. football scene like they did. You know, he said he was getting videos sent to him from coffee shops, from 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 local spots to just showing. And, and we, we've seen those videos on Twitter as well, just showing how much 49ers fans committed to taking over Los Angeles for that NFC championship games. Now, everybody knows kind of how that started. The Rams went out of their way to make it to where 49ers fans couldn't even buy tickets to the NFC Championship game without an L.A. area code on their billing address. And eventually that restriction fell through, but you know you could still go out of your way to buy them on secondary markets like StubHub or Vivid Seats or SeatGeek or any of that. But it just kind of put like a spotlight on the fact that the Rams were worried about the 49ers fans. Matthew Stafford's wife was buying tickets for fans, and that's just a kind gesture, period. But it was kind of done under the guise of, of we don't want any more 49ers fans than there has to be. And 49ers fans respond to that by essentially taking over the stadium. The, the, the Rams were in their own stadium um, doing a silent count in their own stadium for the second time in a row that they played the 49ers fans there. And Kyle Shanahan, he just 
you could tell he was just absolutely elated at the 49ers fan base. And he said, it wasn't just cool from a 49ers perspective. It was cool from a sports perspective. And that was the coolest thing he's ever seen in sports. And obviously a guy like Shanahan's been to a ton of sporting events. So that's a hell of a compliment. And I, and I think it's very, very cool for Kyle Shanahan to, you know, like keep that in his mind, you know, and it, and it's smart too. It's tactical. It's not all just, you know, sunshine and rainbows. The 49ers weaponized their fans in that week 18 game against the Rams to get into the playoffs and in the NFC championship game. Now, obviously one worked out and the other different that's football. The other didn't. And that's football, but the 49ers know that if they can continue to develop that, that, we travel well, we take over stadiums type of atmosphere, which the 49ers have done, not just in California. They've done it in Dallas. We saw it in Dallas. I don't know if it was as dominant this time around as it was a few seasons ago, but we've seen the 49ers take over other stadiums. And if and Kyle Shanahan is smart to acknowledge that, praise it, and give 49ers fans a little bit of fuel for their fire, and, and, you know, that could keep it going. We, I mean, we saw in some of the Packers wins at Levi Stadium how well Packers fans traveled. And, you know, at the end of the game, when it's clear the Packers are going to win, they're yelling, go Pack, go. And it's, you know, if the 49ers can start to develop that type of tenacity, which in California, I, I feel that they have, but you can, it wouldn't hurt anything to grow that. So it was cool of Kyle Shanahan to acknowledge that. And, and really just give it a shout-out. Because it deserves a shout-out. It's special. For, for the 49ers fans to dedicate that much of their hard-earned money to go to a game like that and show up in droves and really, you know, dominate that stadium in a way that, you know, it was a Rams home game, but the majority there were 49ers fans. And that's that's different. Now, it'll take a while, especially, you know, uh, this Super Bowl win would help them, but it'll take a while for the Rams to cultivate a California fan base like the 49ers have. But still... Uh, Kyle Shanahan was right to acknowledge that. And obviously, I would say that the the most meaningful thing to come from that day of press conferences was Jimmy Garoppolo's. You know, it was basically his goodbye to the 49ers franchise. And like I said, as funny as it was, because John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan acted like nothing had been done and they still hadn't decided and a lot of things had to be worked out. When Then when Jimmy Garoppolo took the stand, I took the stand like he's in court. When he when he sat down, he was essentially saying goodbye. You could see it. And like the last thing that he said, you know, he wasn't really asked a question. He just had his 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 final words, I guess you could say. It sounds like you're a funeral, but it's not. But Jimmy said, I'm just going to read his quote from that from the last thing he said. Uh, before we end, guys, I just wanted to do a quick thank you to all the guys, the media. Since I got here, you guys have been awesome. It's been some ups and downs between all of us, but for the most part, you guys have been awesome. Just a good group to deal with. You guys are very engaging, and it's fun to be around you guys. From from Brant, Eric Branch of the San Francisco Chronicle, from Branch making the jokes to everything in between, it's been a fun ride, guys, and I really appreciate you for that. And that was obviously addressed towards the, the media. And then he says, thank you, thank you guys again, and faithful, thank you very much for everything. It's been crazy, man. Just all the comebacks at Levi's, comebacks on the road ups and downs. It's been a hell of a ride, guys, and I love you. And, you know, that just kind of tells you what Jimmy, what the 49ers and the 49ers fans mean to Jimmy Garoppolo and what Jimmy Garoppolo should mean to the 49ers and the 49ers fan base. 
obviously there were times where Jimmy Garoppolo's brand of football wasn't quite enough to give it done, but that should not overshadow everything that Jimmy Garoppolo did to turn this franchise around at a time where things, although were encouraging because it was Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch vowing to rebuild the team and return it to greatness. Jimmy Garoppolo certainly accelerated that process, you know, coming in in 2017 and winning five straight games. And at the time, the Jaguars are so dominant and Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers just worked them over. You know, he led that game winning drive against the Titans. And at the time, I mean, think about what that did for the franchise. Everybody was just like, wow, we have a quarterback, a real one. Like, here we go. I remember firing off a tweet, like talking about how, how difficult it is to find good quarterbacks, franchise quarterbacks. And, and the 49ers had found one. And, and you know, I, I, although technically things didn't work out, it, I really don't feel like, you know, I was too ahead of myself on that, you know, because Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers went to two Super Bowl, or excuse me, went to a Super Bowl and two NFC Championship games. So, I mean, that's a very, that's a lot of success in a relatively short period of time. And we know that's not the only story. And obviously, if, if things were that uh, sunny and rainbowy, um, Jimmy Garoppolo wouldn't be saying his goodbyes. But when you think about it like that, a team that was what, like 2-14 and 14 before John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan took over? And, you know, before that was the Jim Tom Sula era, and before that was the, you know, the the fall of Harbaugh, uh, Harbaugh's greatness. And so, I mean, this place was not – even Eric Armstead fired off a tweet that said this 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 place was pretty dark before you got here. and. You know, as funny as it is to say, you know, a guy that sometimes is called Jimmy Jesus, he brought a lot of light to the building, you know, with those with that big smile and those cheek dimples and that jawline like, you know, like it's Jimmy G, man. And he turned he turned this place around. And um, I think where did I see it? I think it was my buddy Kyle Manson over at Niners Wire. Let me type that into my browser. I think he had a great little headline that I was reading earlier today jimmy garoppolo didn't get the 49ers to the top but he helped pull them out of the mud that's a great headline there kyle madsen also of candlestick chronicles of the blue wire network so and that's a great way to put it like he didn't take them to the top they got really close they got really close but man did he help take this franchise from out of an embarrassing state you know, and who knows how long that would have gone on if it wasn't for Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Because to me, Jimmy Garoppolo has as much of a, a, a responsibility for this franchise's turnaround as John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan does. Now, obviously, they deserve all the credit. They made the trade, you know, but from the, the rumors are true. It was Bill Belichick just calling up these guys and saying, hey, you want them? You want Jimmy? But, and obviously, that was easy to say yes to. But man, like Jimmy Garoppolo's legacy, you know, you got to you got to talk about the fact that he came he fell short in times when they needed him most. You know, he has the worst fourth quarter playoff quarterback rating period since like the early 90s. So, I mean, obviously that's horrible. That's a a damning stat and it, and it really speaks to the 49ers limitations with Jimmy Garoppolo. But on, you know, the other side of the coin, you have this player that handled himself with in my opinion just incredible grace and humility and classiness and resiliency and he 
just has such a huge hand in, in, in making and in giving this franchise a chance to be legitimate again. And, you know, when, you, when you're talking about it from a, you know, that, that's kind of angling it from more of an emotional stance. But, you know, when you talk about it from a, a more realistic stance and why the 49ers are replacing Garoppolo, you know, you can't just, you can't focus all on, on, on that, that side. There's obviously a reason. And, you know, maybe you can break it down very simply. It's like Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance, they're both still 49ers. If you took a poll, let's say on Twitter, where all the perfect opinions reside, and you said, would you rather start next season? And you put Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo. That's all you put. Let's forget about the money. Let's forget about anything. And if you put those two there, I think the odds are overwhelmingly going to be in favor of Trey Lance. And that kind of tells you what you And it's not necessarily like, oh, we need something new. Because if Jimmy Garoppolo had played great, then fans and, and, and analysts and whatever wouldn't feel like they needed something new because Jimmy Garoppolo was enough and he was doing well. But the 49ers are in a weird position where they have Jimmy Garoppolo and he's good, but he's not great. And it's clear that he was limiting the offense and really he benefited from the ideal scenario the 49ers placed him in. Kyle Shanahan is a wizard along with Mike McDaniel is a wizard in the run game. The 49ers have always had a great rushing offense. Every time Jimmy Garoppolo stepped out on that field, he had one of the best rushing offenses in the NFL. And along with that, he also had a very stellar defense. So, I mean, you combine those things, and it takes a lot of pressure off the quarterback. Being able to run the ball effectively takes so much pressure off a quarterback. That's why there was so much pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo in the NFC Championship game. I'm talking about both both pressure to make a throw and pressure from a defensive line. Because the 49ers couldn't run the ball. And that kind of like, in that moment, in that second half, really just that fourth quarter, when the 49ers could no longer run the ball and they weren't in really even a position to run the ball and all the 49ers can do was hope their quarterback made a play because the pressure's coming, everything fell out from underneath him. There was no improvisation. There was no transcending the offense. There was no just make a damn play. There were no plays. The 49ers did nothing in the fourth quarter. And that is where you step into the territory of, okay, like Jimmy Garoppolo's good. We could keep winning with him, but we have, we owe it to ourselves and these fans to search for something better, something more dynamic, something more. Now, this is, you know, you're treading on dangerous ground because there's only maybe two quarterbacks in the NFL that can play like this. And they both played like that. And that was, you know, that, that Chiefs and Bills game. Like, and that's, you know, how many Josh Allens and Patrick Mahomes are there in the NFL in the world? Like two, there were both there, and that's them. Like you know, you're trying to you're trying to chase a unicorn that just doesn't exist. Now that doesn't mean that Trey Lance can't develop into his own form of dynamite, but you know, and and what I mean to say is you, you can't just necessarily wrap all your expectations about producing that type of quarterback. It's just clearly the anomaly. But the 49ers realize that they owe it to themselves to find something that can take that offense to a new level. And that doesn't include the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo seemed to have a pretty bad, you know, injury luck. I guess we'll just say that. 
tearing his ACL, you know, suffering from that ankle sprain that was apparently really, really bad. And even this season, now, and Jimmy Garoppolo's injuries this season are kind of part of what are we're going to secure a positive legacy for himself and his tenure with the team. But at the same time, he's still injured. He's still hurt. He's still, you know, he missed games with a calf injury and with the thumb injury. And he played through these playoffs with a shoulder and a thumb injury. So there's, there's, there's just factual injury concerns that go along with the, the whole philosophy of his play style. But I mentioned it there for a little bit. And, and another reason the 49ers are moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo was he never really transcended the 49ers offense. Like how many plays did Jimmy Garoppolo make where you were like, holy shit, that was just 100% Jimmy Garoppolo being amazing. They existed, but they existed at such a, a, a minor scale compared to the other plays you see quarterbacks make. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You know what I mean? Like, like there are just so many plays. There are, are so few plays where you're like, man, that is all Jimmy Garoppolo. For the most part, there were still some impressive throws in there, but for the most part, Jimmy's best attribute was successfully executing Kyle Shanahan's offense. And never did he really go above and beyond that. And nowadays we know that quarterbacks that should have the ability to just do their own damn thing if they need to. 
and Jimmy Garoppolo was never really that quarterback. And, and that may be a big reason why the 49ers are looking elsewhere. Okay, so think about, let's just let's just think about it. Now, this is a hard thing to do because Trey Lance will bring with him some some struggles of his own. But let's think about that 49ers fourth quarter in the NFC Championship game. Let's just let's just envision that Trey Lance had gotten to the 49ers, got the 49ers into the same position that Jimmy Garoppolo had in that fourth quarter drive. And when all that pressure was flying at Jimmy Garoppolo's face and he was kind of like, you know, struggling to move, struggling to to get around, struggling to, you know, really find an option or find a target. What if you put Trey Lance in that situation? Does something else happen? Does Trey Lance avoid the pressure and shake the tackle and then fire a 30 round a, a, a 30 yard bullet down the field and you know, it, it, there's absolutely nothing to say he's going to be able to do all that or or would have done it in that moment. But the, the 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 possibility is obviously there. You know, Trey Lance brings an entirely different dynamic to the game. And searching for that type of dynamic, searching for that Patrick Mahomes dropping back 15 yards and throwing a 50-yard bomb to Tyreek Hill to beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl type of dynamic. Something that, you know, that was planned. That was part of the play. But that's not even an option with Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, it's not even an option. And, and that would, it might not even be an option with Trey Lance because it's such a freakish play. But Trey Lance certainly brings that, that, that spark, you know, that, that extra bit of, of, of gas to the fire, a little bit of explosiveness, you know, like, you know, it's not just, it's not just the fires heating up, but there's an explosion there just <laughs> You know, it's that's that's the kind of Trey Lance, what it what he makes you feel. You know, like Jimmy Garoppolo is is a fire that's burning solid and pro- providing some warmth. Whereas Trey Lance, maybe not be maybe not the fire you want to sit next to because every now and then that thing's going to have some umph to it. And I like that. You know, I, I like the unpredictability of it. There may be struggles, but boy, I bet I can guarantee you there's going to be some explosions where you're like, damn. And that's just what the 49ers have to have to go. But again, you 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 can't talk about Jimmy Garoppolo without without you know without walking that tightrope of of positivity and and setbacks. And to me, one of the things I thought of while I was thinking about Jimmy Garoppolo is like we saw the 49ers become maybe the most resilient team in the NFL this year. You know, battling through you know, some important injuries battling through some important losses and wins and, and building themselves back up to, to really be a formidable team deep into the playoffs. Like the 49ers were not a fluke. They were not, uh, you know, a, a, I, they were a surprise obviously, but they deserved everything they got and they were beating the top teams in the process. They, in three weeks in a row, they beat the Rams, they beat the uh, the Cowboys on the road. They beat the Packers on the road. Rams on the road. Cowboys on the road. Packers on the road. That you, if you're doing that in the NFL, you are a premier team. And one thing I started to think of is like this team showed so much resilience. I wonder how much of that was thanks in large part to the resilience shown by Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, I wonder how much Jimmy Garoppolo inspired this team to play how they did. Because if you think about it, going all the way back to the beginning of the season, before the season, when the 49ers drafted Trey Lance and kept Jimmy Garoppolo and 
kind of brought them both into training camp and didn't say it was a competition, but maybe it was. And, you know, Jimmy Garofalo even said himself, that, you know, them drafting Trey Lance, if anything, made things more clear for me. I knew that this was it. This was my last ride. This was this was the last dance. And I need to make the best of it because this is it. And, and this is my my last year with my friends on this team. And, and in a way, it, it clarified it for him. And he knew what he needed to do. And I wonder if that resilience showed by Jimmy Garoppolo almost infected the rest of the team. You know, did the rest of the team kind of battle for him in a way? Not not to say they were upset that he was being replaced, but Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the most well-liked guys in that entire locker room. Not just because he's the quarterback, just because he's a good dude. And I wonder if if that team was able to rally behind Jimmy Garoppolo and then you know, you add in the other things where Jimmy Garoppolo had a calf injury and Trey Lance came in. He looked pretty good. Um, but what we kind of found out from Kyle Shanahan today was Trey Lance had that game against the, was it the Cardinals? Why am I forgetting what, what game Trey Lance played? Yeah, because Trey Lance figured, finished it up against the Seahawks. And then he came in and Kyle Shanahan said today, or excuse me, it wasn't today. It was yesterday, the 49ers press conference. He said today that had Trey Lance not injured him, not 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 become injured in that game against the Cardinals, then it, it may have been his show moving forward. Now, if you go and look at the way Jimmy Garoppolo played, he came out after that game against the Cardinals with that win over Chicago, which was okay. And then he had the 49ers had that win uh, or that loss to the, to the Cardinals. I'm, I'm missing things up. Okay. He had the win against Indianapolis or the loss against Indianapolis. Now that was kind of a rough loss. He had two interceptions in that one. Then he didn't really do anything against Chicago. They did win. But Jimmy Garoppolo kind of was just a, a a little bit weird. And it was at that time where Kyle Shanahan said, going from the Arizona game for Trey Lance, and then Kyle Shanahan, or excuse me, Jimmy Garoppolo stepping in and just looking not great against Indianapolis. And that was a rough loss for the 49ers, especially considering where the Colts are with that moment. in that moment. Kyle Shanahan said that, that had... Trey Lance not injured himself against the Cardinals, especially after that bad Indianapolis game, that there was a chance the 49ers are now three and five, a two and five, I think at that point, no, three and five after the Arizona game, that there was a chance that Trey Lance was going to come in and, and run with that season. You know, Kyle Shanahan said right along the time where, 49ers fans, 49ers analysts, NFL media were talking about, hey, maybe it's time to get Trey Lance in here. The 49ers are 3-5. and five. They just had an embarrassing loss to the Cardinals. Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't looked great. Uh, you know, he's still struggling with injury. I think it might be time to get Trey Lance in here. I might have botched some names in there. I kind of I kind of confused myself in that whole segment. So we're at a time where the 49ers are 3-5. and five. Jimmy Garoppolo's not playing great. And I remember being on this podcast saying, look, what is Jimmy Garoppolo giving you that Trey Lance can't? Like, you're getting a rookie performance from a veteran quarterback. And that's when Jimmy Garoppolo started to heat up. They beat the Rams 31-10 to 10 the next week. Jimmy Garoppolo completed almost 80% of his passes and threw two touchdowns. 
And then on the next week, they beat uh, Jacksonville. Jimmy Garoppolo threw two touchdowns, no interceptions. You know, and, and Jimmy Garoppolo started to heat up, and so did the rest of the team. And to me, like Jimmy, the team being in a bad space, Jimmy Garoppolo being in a bad spot, the possibility of Trey Lance coming in, and then Jimmy Garoppolo, and, and, and you know, this team kind of realizing that we're in a spot where we have to figure this out. And then they just started to win games. After that loss to the Colt McCoy-led Cardinals, you've got win, 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 loss, win, win, loss, win, 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 loss, win, win. You know, and, and it just the 49ers started to win. They started a rally. They started to realize they were meant from something more. Amongst those wins was Jimmy Garoppolo's uh torn thumb, messed up shoulder, but he can't he he missed one game um when Trey Lance came in again to face the Cardinals again, or excuse me, the um the Texans. But then Jimmy Garoppolo came back in, and he was battling through that injury. He was battling through the shoulder sprain that happened later on in the year, at the end of the year. And he was battling, you know, by when that thumb injury was first like announced or whatever you want to call it, it was like Jimmy Garoppolo's done for the season. It's Trey Lance. They'll go as far as Trey Lance can take them. Cool, let's roll. And then all of a sudden, Jimmy Garoppolo misses one week and then comes in and plays and looks decent. You know, and, and it, there's a lot of motivation that a team can take from that. And Jimmy Garoppolo battling through that injury, battling through the likelihood of, of Trey Lance coming in. I just realized that Jimmy Garoppolo's nickname is Prince Aladdin and Great Garoppolo on Pro Football Reference. That's funny. So, I mean, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo's style of play throughout this season was kind of like a beacon for the rest of the team. And they had share a lot of parallels. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't playing well. The team wasn't doing well. Jimmy Garoppolo starts to play well. The team starts turning around. They start to become this improbable playoff force, you know, led by an injured Jimmy Garoppolo. Like that, that just all has a lot of cool parallels to it. And I, and I couldn't help but wonder if Jimmy Garoppolo was a huge reason the 49ers turned around in the first place. Obviously, his play on the field in a lot of times left a lot to be desired, but that isn't everything. And just the way Jimmy Garoppolo conducted himself was, was impressive. And I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo really improved his legacy as a 49ers quarterback this season. He also showed why he's being replaced, but at the same time, he showed why the 49ers stuck with him so long and why Shanahan was such a believer in Jimmy Garoppolo. And it wasn't all about his play on the field. And obviously that's the most important element, but Jimmy Garoppolo, essentially what I told um, a fellow teacher at school that was talking to me about him was like, Jimmy Garoppolo may be a mediocre quarterback, which I think in the end, that's kind of what he'll end up being. But he might have been the classiest guy in the room at all times this season. Like the guy just handled himself, could not have handled himself any better all season, period. Like the way he spoke with the media, the way he spoke about Trey. I mean, Trey Lance, the guy who he's replacing, was like, Jimmy's going to be one of my best friends for the rest of my life. You know, that just says to you how Jimmy Garoppolo treated Trey Lance in this building. And to me, there's so much to be said about that. Because as much as we want to make things about simply the product on the field, which obviously it's the most important element, it's black and white, go play well, win football games. I got it. But there's a human element to everything. And Jimmy Garoppolo is clearly... A, a very, very respectable human. And he won over the hearts and minds of this entire locker room. And I believe that that kind of, that Jimmy Garoppolo's leadership is what took the 49ers this far, to, you know, to the NFC championship game, a game that they 
probably should have won again. So, you know, there's just a lot to be said about Jimmy Garoppolo. And this conversation won't be done for a while because we got to see Trey Lance. And obviously Trey Lance is going to be compared to Jimmy Garoppolo and the offensive efficiency and the the more in-depth numbers and, and which quarterback was better for the 49ers and all that funny stuff. And, you know, there's just a lot to be said. And hopefully I haven't bored you with my talk of Jimmy Garoppolo. If I did, I'm, I apologize. But to me, it's just a very interesting storyline. It's, you know, and, and it'll be interesting even after he's traded to see how he does with another team. And we'll see how much of Jimmy Garoppolo's success was Kyle Shanahan's success. And, you know, and now obviously the next talking point is um, what what can the 49ers get for Jimmy Garoppolo? And, and as funny as it seems to say, I think that Jimmy Garoppolo definitely increased his stock with other teams this year. He showed that he can play to play a winning brand of football. And, you know, that's not necessarily a brand of football where it all comes down to the quarterback, but he can, he could play a winning brand of football and, and be part of that, you know, that machine. He's certainly not at the forefront of the machine. He's certainly not really the horsepower behind it, but he can play a role. And there's going to be a lot of offensive coordinators throughout the league that feel like I can work with Jimmy Garoppolo. I can work with that. They might not be as as competent or as capable as Kyle Shanahan, but they certainly have the confidence to look at a guy like that and say, I can, I can get him rolling. I can, I can work with that. And especially when you consider the other options, this is not a draft class that, that is supposed to be very strong or top heavy with quarterbacks. So a lot of teams are going to be left wanting. And and I do believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have some suitors. You're talking about, you know, the Steelers, um, the Broncos. I've even seen some some rumors about, you know, <laughs> Oakland. Who knows what happened with Derek Carr. You got the Buccaneers that I think are considered the favorites. You know, how easy would it be for them to go from Tom Brady to the guy that Tom Brady basically raised in the NFL? So I do believe that the 49ers are not really going to have a problem trading Jimmy Garoppolo. And I don't even think they're going to have a problem at the very least getting what they gave up to get him. I mean, if you look at all the the quarterback trades that kind of serve as a guy, you know, you've got, you've got Carson Wentz who was traded for a second that became a first because he played more than 75% of his playing time. They also got a third. You got the Matthew Stafford trade, which doesn't, and I'm not saying all of these quarterbacks are of the exact same skill level as Jimmy Garoppolo. You got the Matthew Stafford trade that was two firsts, a third, and Jared Goff. You've got Sam Darnold, who went for a second, fourth, and a sixth. You know, Alex Smith back in the day, two seconds. Jimmy Garoppolo himself was traded for a second. And I do believe that Jimmy Garoppolo's stock has improved since he was initially traded to the 49ers. So if I had to guess what the 49ers are going to get, if they get lucky, They'll get kind of like the identical trade to the Carson Wentz trade. They'll get like a second that could become a first and maybe like a third and a fourth or third or a fourth. That I feel like is the 49ers getting well compensated for Jimmy Garoppolo. Could it be a solid second? Could it be a second and a third? Could it be, you know, a second and then a third that becomes a second, second and a fourth? I think that's kind of where I'm floating around with it is somewhere, you know, uh, in a second, can they, you know, could they get a second or could they get a first from the Bucks? Because the Bucks went so late in the, in, in the playoffs, you know, it'd be like pick like 26, 20, 25, 26, 27. You know, that's not unreasonable for Jimmy Garoppolo. 
And, you know, and you can always think of pick swaps. Maybe the Bucks give the 49ers a second and the 49ers give the Bucks a third, you know, stuff like that. So I, I do really think the 49ers going to be able to get, it would surprise me a little bit if they were gotten the first range with anybody, but at the same time, maybe it wouldn't, you know, I, I do think a second's going to be in play. If it's going to be a second, there needs to be more there and, and to me. And then obviously there's the possibility of trading for a player. Chris Godwin's on the verge of a contract. Um, that's too much, but you know what I'm saying? You never know. There's, there's so I, I am very optimistic about what the 49ers can get for Jimmy Garoppolo. I expect a significant market. Um, the trade can't become official until the new league year on March 16th. Now, a lot of misconceptions out there are talking about Jimmy Garoppolo's no trade clause that only applied to the 2021 season. So as far as Jimmy Garoppolo needing to agree to where he's traded. That only is is valid until March 16th when the next league year starts. But it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously, he has a good relationship with the team. This team wants to do right by him. They're going to they're going to trade him to a team that Jimmy Garoppolo is okay with going to. And Jimmy Garoppolo's only demands of uh, you know public demands of the team he's going to was they need to be a team that's ready to win. There's a few of those out there. You know, the Steelers, they went to the playoffs. They're actually a pretty well-built team outside of, you know, they're, they're, they're not having a quarterback right now. You know, then you got the, the Bucks, who are obviously ready to win. You got the Washington Commanders. Sounds so weird saying that. But not just as weird as football team. So, and, and you know, they're a decent team. I wouldn't say they're necessarily necessarily on the cusp of winning and would they be willing to trade with Kyle Shanahan or would Kyle Shanahan be willing to trade with them given his history with Washington? I don't know, but there's going to be a lot of teams out there with, um, with markets for Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that unfolds. Now, with that being said, if Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, I mean, it doesn't, you don't even have to wait for Jimmy Garoppolo to be traded to know that this is now the Trey Lance era. It, It has begun. Everything that happens from here on out is is a part of the Trey Lance era, part of the Trey Lance story, as is his rookie year, because his rookie year wasn't just sitting and developing hung behind Jimmy Garoppolo. He got some good experience, and he helped the 49ers win what was a must-win game against the Texans. I don't care if the Texans suck. The Texans whipped the Chargers' ass the week before that. They weren't, they weren't messing around, and Trey Lance had to lead the 49ers in a game that was wholly responsible for for them making it into the playoffs. And, you know, so Trey Lance has got himself some NFL action. And now he's going to have an entire offseason of being the man, of getting the starting reps, of benefiting from Kyle Shanahan's offense that's 100% tailored to him. And what we see from the 49ers from here on out will be unlike we've anything we've seen for the last five years. This Trey, this is going to be Trey Lance's offense. He's going to be moving around. He's going to be getting outside the pocket. He's going to be slinging the ball downfield. He's going to be running the ball himself. And it is going to be so much fun to watch. And you bet your ass there's going to be frustrating moments. He's a young quarterback, but that's the way it is. Nobody thought Josh Allen was necessarily developing into what he is now. You just got to give it time. And, and that is obviously not guaranteed. You don't just get free tickets to becoming like a Josh Allen quarterback, but that's what we're going to get to see. 
we are going to get to see the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, and Trey Lance develop together. And I think it's going to be fun as hell. It'll be unpredictable, but it's going to be fun as hell. And I, I cannot wait. You know, and like I said earlier, Kyle Shanahan kind of alluded to the fact that Trey Lance's injury kind of kept him from it becoming Trey's season. And we almost got to see an, an entire season of Trey Lance. And now, does that necessarily seem, no matter what, that seems appealing. But, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers behind him were able to accomplish so much this season that I kind of feel, I'm kind of, in a way, glad that that didn't happen because Jimmy Kyle Shanahan sticking with Jimmy Garoppolo was worth it. You know, they went this far. Can we, are we guaranteed that Trey Lance would have been taking them as far? No, but it's still just fun. It was a fun season to watch. And so I'm not necessarily down on the fact that the 49ers didn't use this as a season to develop Trey Lance because the season went so well. And I, and I feel like the players would probably say the same thing, both in public and in private. So, um, it's, um, it's going to be one hell of a, a, a ride, and I, I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. And, you know, you just remember, when we start to see Trey Lance run the damn show, just remember, for every mistake he makes, just think of Jimmy Garoppolo making the same mistake, because he made them too, except he was a veteran, and he didn't really have an excuse. Whereas Trey Lance is going to be, is you know, he's got a He's going to get some time and reps under his belt. But the, that was always kind of the argument to start Trey Lance's. Hey, the, the product I'm seeing from Jimmy Garoppolo looks like a rookie product. So I don't understand why the rookie's not playing. But we'll see. We'll see. Now, just a couple other things to cover before we roll out of here for the evening. John Lynch did say in the press conference that they did budget. I mean, this is kind of obvious. Insert your Captain Obvious gif here. But the, John Lynch did reassure the media and, and the fans in turn that they did budget for Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa, which, good. <laughs> uh, you know, but there what's interesting about Debo Samuel, and, and I think everybody would kind of, I don't think this would surprise everybody, but there was a time where I was pretty convinced that Debo Samuel was not going to be back with the team. Kind of coming off those first two years, you know, he, was, he struggled with a little bit of injury. He seemed inconsistent. He just kind of seemed like a part of the offense. But after this season, one of the most prolific offensive performances we've seen in quite some time, like Debo Samuel ain't going nowhere. And in letting somebody like Debo Samuel go somewhere is like a fireable offense. Like he just has so quickly established himself as like the fabric of this offense. So it's a good thing John Lynch and the rest and Pragmate and everybody budgeted for him because you don't let that guy leave uh, at all. And then obviously Nick Bosa is is the same. It's the, He's the same type of impact on the other side of the ball. And the exciting thing about Nick Bosa, and he said as much, is he gets to go into this offseason after coming off an incredible season, a comeback player of the year worthy season. He gets to go into the offseason perfectly healthy in the best shape of his life. And he said, he's like, I get to spend the whole offseason focusing on getting in better shape and honing in on my craft and not rehabbing from a torn ACL. That is scary. That is exciting, you know, just to be confronted with the reality that the two healthy seasons that we've seen from Nick Bosa when he was on the field were both extremely solid. And the idea that one of those came after he spent most of the offseason 
nursing and, and protecting a torn ACL, uh, that's encouraging. And, and, you know, the proof is in the pudding. We'll have to wait till we see it, but man, that is a scary, scary thought to be, to be confronted with an, a much better Nick Bosa or an even better Nick Bosa. That's fun, man. That is fun. I cannot wait to see what that man does next season. Uh, more, so a little more positivity for you. D'Amico Ryans, the 49ers esteemed defensive coordinator that is already getting head coaching interviews. He actually turned down the Vikings request for a second interview. Um, and basically said, you know, I got to make decisions that are, that are right for my family. And I want to take, I want to spend another year under Kyle Shanahan because D'Amico Ryan's loves it with the 49ers. He loves being here. He did a phenomenal job with this defense. This is probably his last year with the team. Uh, if, if the 49ers defense produces at a level that's anywhere close to what they did this year. And I just don't see him returning to the team again. But it is a it's an awesome it's an awesome gesture and an awesome realization that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have produced an environment and it's all on them. Let's not let's not beat around the bush. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are responsible for everything the 49ers have done since 2017. Not all of it's good, but damn, like that is a hell of a resume. How quickly that team flipped itself around and D'Amico Ryans is just, you know, you've got Robert Sala, who's now the head coach of the jets who, you know, went almost on the same path as D'Amico Ryans, except D'Amico Ryans is even more accelerated. And you, he's turning down a head coach interview to, to do one more year under Kyle Shanahan. And you've got, I think it was dark Questenard tweeting on, on Twitter that the 49ers reignited his love for football veteran corner. And then I, I can't remember who somebody quote tweeted him. Um, was it Tabor Pepper, the long snapper that said like, man, like this is for real. This is like, this place is for real. So it's, um, you know, it's, and, and this is a coming, a coming off of Tabor Pepper, and I believe he deleted tweets. I even said he deleted the tweets. I think he even tweeted that he deleted them. Talked about, you know, kind of the 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 the, the Brian Flores uh, lawsuit that's going on right now and the NFL maybe having, you know, it's not really a maybe, but having some of its um, unequal tendencies in its hiring processes and who gets hired kind of aired out into the open. So we'll see how that goes. Obviously, I don't I don't know any of the answers, but it's going to be fun to find out how uh, how deep that problem goes. Sorry, I had to lean forward a little bit. But you've got so many people that are and Tabor Pepper was talking about how how much he hated that environment in the Miami Dolphins, and he didn't like the coach or the environment or anything going on over there. And he was talking about how much better things are with the 49ers. And that's not the first time we've heard that. Everything we talked about, we've heard Richard Sherman say. Everything we talked Solomon Thomas, DeForest Buckner, all these players and people that have moved on talk about the environment that that has been built and within uh, the 49ers facility. And it's nothing but, as far as I can tell, it's nothing but good things. And now you've got um, a veteran corner who spent time with other teams that basically was only came in kind of towards the end of the end of the show there and, and basically credited the 49ers for 
reigniting his love for football. And then D'Amico Ryan's decision to stick with Kyle Shanahan for one more year just kind of attests to that. And what Kyle Shanahan told a funny story about the fact that when they were leaving the plane, um, leaving the plane, when they were getting on the plane to come home from L.A., despite the fact that they were coming off a loss, he was making jokes on the speaker about D'Amico Ryan's taking a job and leaving. And D'Amico Ryan's sent Kyle Shanahan a text on the plane saying, Hey coach, I, uh, I turned down the job. I'm sticking around. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, damn, eat that Kyle Shanahan. But I mean, it just speaks to the fact that even in the midst of losing the NFC championship and falling short of the Super Bowl, the team's still joking around. The team, people still want to be a part of this. And, you know, even Jimmy Garoppolo just seemed like he was elated with everything that's happened, despite the fact that he's being shown the door. So, you know, there's a lot of good things going on with the 49ers, and I think it's important to acknowledge that stuff in the midst of the fact that, you know, the year didn't end how they wanted it to. But at the same time, it's impossible to look at this at this season and not be impressed. The 49ers went all the way to the NFC Championship game, one game shy of the Super Bowl. And really, uh, you know, uh, aside from the Rams making some plays and the 49ers failing to execute, should have gone to the Super Bowl. So... And, and they would have been playing against the team that they already beat in the Bengals. And obviously, they'd already beaten the Rams. So the 49ers put themselves in a really good spot to, to win games. And, and I don't necessarily expect the 49ers to, to be any different next year. I think that if Trey Lance's development uh, goes half as well as they think it will, and John Lynch and Kyle Shannon did say, I should have brought this up earlier, they did say that, Trey Lance is who they thought he was, if not exceeding their expectations. Because you got to think about when they were scouting Trey Lance, it was during the midst of COVID. They, you, there was only so much you can do. Zoom meetings, you can't really, you're not supposed to be that close to players. You know, all that, all the restrictions. You know, there's always the idea that maybe you miss something with a player. And and both Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch said that, no, Trey Lance is, is, is who we thought he was, if not more. And so they are confident going into this offseason that, Trey Lance is going to be able to handle everything they've thrown at him. And, and we heard all kinds of things throughout the season. Even when Trey Lance was imitating these other quarterbacks for the scout team and, and, and the way he was preparing and the throws he was making in camp or not camp during the season on the practice squad that I say practice squad, I mean, scout team that Trey Lance has been doing some good things in the building and now it's going to be all on him. The spotlight's going to be on him. We're going to see what Trey Lance can do. And John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan seem excited to dive into that. And the the biggest and most exciting thing for me is Kyle Shanahan talked about the struggles. uh, He thought he was going to use a lot of Trey Lance throughout the season, but then he realized it kind of added an unnecessarily complicating dynamic of, of, you know, once Trey Lance comes into the game, then the defenses start acting completely different. Now he's got to see what the tendencies are uh, for that defense when they're guarding Trey Lance. And and it just ended up being easier for him to stick with Jim Garoppolo. Well, there is no more of that anymore. It's all Trey Lance. And everything about this offense is built for Trey Lance. And and the onus is on Kyle Shanahan to, to aid and develop Trey Lance. And then it's on Trey Lance to go out there and execute in a way that only he can. And I have a feeling that that's going to look really exciting. So Despite the fact that the 49ers came up short, I do think there's a lot of room for positivity. There's a lot of things you can take from this season um, as very, very, very good things. And there's a lot of reason to be excited going forward. Now, um, we'll see where that goes. The 49ers have a host of free agents that they need to try and retain and prioritize. And then they have some that obviously they need to target around the league. Because if Jimmy Garoppolo is out the door, the 49ers are going to free. That's an extra $25, 6 $7 million, uh, that they now have to work with. 
So there's a lot going on. Um, the next time we jump on here, we'll probably roll through the 49ers roster, see who's scheduled for free agency, uh, because that's coming around in about a month. And there's a lot, you know, it's 49ers football. There's always something to talk about. So we'll kind of review the 49ers roster, see who should be sticking around, see what positions maybe need to, you know, what, what positions they'll need to target in the draft and, and all that good stuff. Y'all know the drill. Uh, we got to talk through it. Um, for as of now, I still plan to do two week podcasts. Um, maybe there'll be some one a week ones scattered in there. If I really feel like there's nothing compelling that has to be talked about, but, um, just know that there is no off season for striking gold. I will be continuing to podcast my search for a, uh, a co-host will continue. Uh, in the meantime, I'll try and keep – one thing I do want to improve on, and I have no problem just saying this out in the open, is I do want to get more guests on the show. Uh, that was something that, whether it was me and Crocker or me and uh, KP, I just always felt like we had a good dynamic. Let's just roll. But um, now that we're co-host free, and I say that like it's a good thing, and we can just spice things, spice things up with a guest, that's kind of my goal for my our next season, next year of Striking Gold is – just switch it up a little bit. Get some guests on here. Um, get some fresh, fresh perspectives, fresh voices. You can only listen to this uh, poor man's Kermit the Frog for too much. You know what I mean? For so long. You know what I mean? So, um, I love you guys. I'm just, I'm just at this point. I'm just making fun of myself. And but I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to Striking Gold again. This is we're gonna keep rolling all the way through the off season. The podcast isn't gonna stop. It may there may be some weeks in there where we're just once a week, but it's gonna keep rolling. So I appreciate it. You know. Obviously, I'm not going to give you a Jimmy Garoppolo speech. I, I kind of give you one at the end of every episode. But uh, thank you for making Striking Gold what it is. Thank you for the support. Thank you for all the love on, on social media from time to time. And um, It's been fun as hell, man. Another great, fantastic season that was always interesting. What a roller coaster. And I am uh, obviously just looking forward to doing this again and talking offseason football with you guys. So y'all know what it is. I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold, and for another episode, we are signing out.